Alright, welcome back to Serious Series of Utmost Importance, the series. I've always I've always wondered, is it Serious Series or A Serious Series? Or The Serious Series? It's, uh, I thought there was no, it's definitely not The. That's a good question. In, in like, in terms of the official name of the podcast, it's just Serious Series of Utmost Importance, the series, but... Do we? Ha- I feel like we vary between saying it that way and saying a serious series. <laughs> yeah, go back and forth. How do you feel about bands who? It seems like there would be a the, but there is no the. Like what? Talking Heads. It's not the Talking There's, Heads. It's not the Talking Heads. No, they have an album called "The Name of This Band Is Talking Heads." So that's how you remember. <laughs> What about the band Strokes? Oh, uh, is, are you sure it's not us Strokes? <laughs> and Strokes. And Strokes. And, well, and Voids. Well, you ruined my uh, intro for the episode. We're going to talk about Strokes today, including humoragic humor- Strokes, brainstem Strokes. Ischemic strokes, transient and cryptogenic strokes. It's a cause of it's a stroke of unknown cause. Once again, bringing you real medical advice that you should take. Once again, I feel like I have to legally say don't <laughs> listen to anything on this podcast for medical advice. Yeah. Uh, but. The strokes are one that I'm actually surprised that we haven't done before. It feels like one of the foundational bands, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, They've been one of my favorite bands for a long time. Um, Since before they were cool. uh, No, I think since after they were cool, which is even cooler. Actually, it's probably less cool. Yeah, they were kind of like the hot stuff, right? In the early 2000s, which is like 20 years ago. Which is really when the peak of rock and roll music was in our lives. Yes. And uh, I think they've kind of, I mean, we'll cover this, but kind of had a little dip since then. But They definitely I had think, some dip. Think, I think they're getting back into it. Julian Casablancas is an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. I agree. I feel like that's the thesis statement from my perspective of this episode. He's a weird dude. He's a weird guy. Well, all I know about him is he's the kind of guy who, like, he always wears, like, sunglasses a lot. Uh, At least when I have seen them live, which probably was, like, 10 years ago. Didn't we see them together at... uh, We we did, actually, yeah. Yeah, we did. I totally forgot about that. We saw them on their Angles tour. Yeah. I think that... I couldn't tell if they weren't very good. Uh, if he didn't want to be there. Or if that's just how he always is, like is. I think during that album in particular, he didn't want to be there. Yeah. And then they sort of had a hiatus. And then I think... Actually, I might be mixing up the timeline. They might have had a hiatus before then. I think they There did. was a hiatus either before or after that album. I think it was before... But yeah, he definitely did not want to be there. Right. Although, I think he likes uh, 
performing. At least now. Okay, so now he's good with... Yeah, didn't he have an issue with like playing old songs? Kind of like the classic... Um... I, I think he had an issue with alcohol. Oh, really? Yeah. So his his life, his early life, his dad is actually an interesting guy named John Casablancas. And he... This guy invented the concept of a supermodel, basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I feel like I have to fact check this before I slander John Casablancas. Who was the... uh... John Casablancas and... It was either Trump or Epstein. Oh. What, they were friends? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, there's a photo of both of them, actually. There's a photo of John Casablancas, Jeffrey Epstein, and Donald Trump together from 1989. And uh, it was about the photo was about the modeling agency that Ivanka Trump signed to at age 13. Oh, wow. Creepy-ass photo. Jeez, that's really weird. Uh, yeah. But, but I don't think that... I don't think that Julian Casablancas was like close to his biological dad. He was closer to his stepdad. Okay. So his parents got divorced when he was a kid? When he was eight, yeah. He his stepdad was Sam Adekwe, who's a Ghanaian painter. Really? Yes. I did not know that. At least that's what it says on Wikipedia. I see. That. But as we all know, Wikipedia is an undisputable source of knowledge, so I'm going to take that as fact. Okay, this is double-sided from a GQ article. <laughs> and <laughs> and a page on Sam Adequai from the US Department of State. Okay, I'm going to click on that. Yeah, that's that's surprising. Um, oh, these are some nice paintings. Looks like New York. Julian Casablancas is not mentioned on the biography of Sam Matakwai. I guess he wasn't very important in Sam Matakwai's life. Maybe that's also <laughs> why he's such a disturbed individual. Okay, there's a there's a Reddit post about with a picture of Julian Casablancas and his stepfather Sam Matakwai at the premiere <laughs> of The Unseen Beauty. Oh. So I'm going to take that as more fact because it's the Stroke subreddit. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's interesting. So tell me this. Where uh, where did he grow up? Sam Adequai grew up in Ghana. Okay. Now tell me, where did Julian Casablancas grow up? What were his formative years? I want to say either Ghana or New York. Okay. I can see how you confuse the two. But New York is a really big city in America. Oh. And Ghana is a country in Africa. Oh. So was it New York? <laughs> well, according to Wikipedia, it's New York. But we all know you can't really rely on this. We should just, a, we should just look at the top post. <laughs> is there a subreddit of a picture of him in New York City? If, if the audience has made it to this point in the episode, they're sticking with us till the end. <laughs> I know. Really gone down a rabbit hole. 
I'm, I'm glad the, we prepared heavily for this episode. I feel like we this was one that we didn't need to prepare a ton for because we've listened to them so much. I agree. At least that's my excuse for why I didn't prepare for this episode. Yes. All right. When did the strokes form? How did the strokes form? Who did the strokes form? Okay. I'll take those questions one at a time. Uh, the strokes formed in the late 90s um, in New York City. Um, I believe they like all went to school together, right? Or at least some of them did. They're all kind of like rich kids. So the band members are Julian Casablancas, uh, Nick Valencia. Oh, the son of John Casablancas and the stepson of Jul- of Sam Al... What was his name? Uh, <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so we have the drummer Fabrizio Moretti. Uh, Albert Hammond Jr., and oh, really? Nikolai Freacher. Yeah. Wait, Albert Hammond. I didn't know Albert Hammond Jr. Because he, he does solo stuff that yeah. I'm familiar with. Yeah, he's oh. one of the main guys in the strokes. He's uh, you know? like the rhythm guitarist. So like all that. <sighs> that's all Albert Hammond Jr. Wow, I totally never made that connection. I'm clearly not that big of a fan of either of these two bands. You know, Albert Hammond Sr., One Hit Wonder. It never, what is it? It never rains in Southern California. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was like an easy listening. It was like a soft rock one hit wonder from the 70s. Wow. All right. Who else do we have? Um, there's five people. Did we mention all five? Uh, yes. So Julian Casablancas, Nick Valenci, Fabrizio Moretti. Nikolai Frecher and Albert Hammond Jr. Nikolai Frecher, gotcha. Okay, yeah. so it's five people. They formed in 98 or 99. Mm-hmm. And then their first album was in 2001. Right. So I think they formed, at least three of them uh, went to the same school in New York um, started playing together. And then they added Nikolai Frecher, who was... Julian Casablancas's childhood friend. Um, and then they added Albert Hammond Jr. in 98, um, <laughs> who we knew from a private boarding school in Switzerland. So that's this is a real rags to riches story, as you can tell. <laughs> You're telling me the son of the guy who invented supermodeling was rich? He... <laughs> Turns out some people liked his idea. Wow. Um, the EP, the the first thing that they put out was the Modern Age EP, uh-huh. which had three songs on it. The Modern Age, Last Night, and Barely Legal. All three of which are on their first album, right? Mm-hmm. All three of which the are first album. Songs. The first album was Is This It? Yeah. Um, you want to talk about the EP or jump into the album? I I mean, the EP is the same as as the three songs from the album. I feel like, was there more to say about the EP? I don't think so. 
That was oh, there there is something interesting about the album that I didn't know until researching the episode briefly in the few minutes before we started recording. Uh, the track list. Let me pull that up. New York City Cops. Yeah. Was not released on the American version initially. Mm-hmm. It was released on international editions. Why is that? Was there any like major event that <laughs> may have contributed? The government would have you believe. Yes, there was a major event. <laughs> um, they removed it for nine eleven. Yeah, the album came out in America like right after nine eleven, right? Yeah, October of two thousand one. Yeah, and they replaced it with the song "When It Started." Which is also a pretty good song. Oh, it appears in the film Spider-Man. Which one? New York City Cops? When it started. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Like Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire? Yeah, like the first Spider-Man. That's surprising. At least it appears on the album Music From and Inspired by Spider-Man. Maybe it was just a 2002 soundtrack album. (laughs) Uh, All right. I got another fun fact for you that you probably know. Hit me. There's two covers. There's the cover <laughs> from the U.S., which is looks like kind of like a spider web, like uh, or it's not really a spider web. It's like some weird art that you would see at like a um like a flea market or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's blue and yellow, and everywhere else but the U.S. There's a picture of, this is, okay, probably one of the models from Julian Casablanca's father's agency, but it's like a woman's hip, naked, with a black, she's wearing a black glove and has it like right over her hip, and it's like a side profile. It was the photographer's then-girlfriend. Oh, the photo was taken by Colin Lane, and it, he took the photo spontaneously when his girlfriend had just come out of the shower naked. I guess she really? was wearing a glove in the shower. <laughs> wow. And then was like, we're going to put this on a debut album of a garage indie band. Um. I, I didn't know about the uh, the alternate cover until just now. It's funny. I mean, like, I feel like that would be totally fine today. Uh, yeah. Well, I think they were they were on like a major label though, right? Like, they weren't like an indie label. They're on RCA. So, oh, if really? it was on an indie label, yeah, they could probably do whatever they want. Um. Hmm. But have you ever listened to Death Grips? Yeah. Do you know that <laughs> there's one album cover? Uh, it's very explicit. It's probably the most explicit album. <laughs> Just be careful when you search it. It's, um, it's a picture of a man's private parts. Um, oh my god. <laughs> uh, I forget which album... It is, but the name of the album no is... No Love, Deep Web. 
Yeah, it's sharpied onto the guy's Johnson. Um, That's yeah. very weird. Very weird. Um, but anyway, they got, they had that on their album, so I don't see what the big deal about this album for the Strokes is. The This picture from the Strokes album, do you know what it is a picture of? The like US version? Yeah. I have no idea. It's a psychedelic photograph of a sub of subatomic particle tracks in a bubble chamber. Whoa. And it was part of the same image that had already been used for the cover of the Prince album Graffiti Bridge. Oh. That seems right. Uh wait, so is it a real is it a real photo? I'm not sure. Because you said it was a psychedelic photograph, so what does that mean? Maybe the photographer oh, was on psychedelics. Oh, I see it on the Prince album. That's cool. That's like part of it. Yeah. Cool. You know, I've never really listened to Prince. Oh, you should. I I've only listened to his two big ones, but uh, um, 1999 and uh, Purple Rain. Highly recommend it. What are your favorite songs on Is This It? Uh, it's tough. I mean, first of all, this is my favorite album of theirs. I think it's the best really? for sure. Yeah. I think every song is good. I think maybe like one is some are like maybe like one or two are a little weaker. Um, okay. So to me, the big two are like Last Night. And uh, someday, to me, those are the big two. Yeah, I think for me too. Um, but Soma, that's a good song. Uh, hard to explain. That's a really good song. How would you explain that song? Um, well, I don't know. Should I walk right into that one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Take it or leave it. That's a great one. So I don't know. I, I think. There's just so much. Like, I think every song is really good. What do you... I mean, this, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but I think I honestly haven't listened to it as much as you have. It's less foundational for me. Yeah. But I I think I've just heard the big songs on it very frequently, and obviously they're really good. But I don't think that this is my favorite album of theirs. When I was a freshman in college, I would listen, literally listen to this on repeat. For like, I'd probably listen to it like three times a day. Um, it's only like forty minutes. It's pretty short. Oh really? I think it's I have it on final here actually. When I was a freshman in college, I listened to Macy Gray on repeat. <laughs> but not, not by choice. By, yeah, not by choice. <laughs> Let me see. I'm going through my records right now, I'm trying to find. I know that I have a few Strokes albums here. Surprise Gorillas album that I didn't know that I had bought. Ooh. Song Machine Volume One. We gotta do a Gorillas episode at some point. I'm down. Although I'll be honest, I've only listened to two other albums. Oh, I could I have Room on Fire. Oh, that's also a good one. Yeah. But how okay, tell me a little bit about what this album meant to the rock scene. Or to the music scene. Uh, I think it was huge. I mean, 
so it's interesting because we did the white stripes last time and they were kind of blowing up at the same time as the strokes pretty much mm -hmm. um and they're both like garage rock which is like a little like lo-fi i think the white stripes more so especially early on but um that was like that that kicked off like a whole wave of bands um i remember like hearing like the arctic monkeys say like yeah they just wanted to be like the strokes basically that's like <laughs> what they wanted to do did they really yeah like that was like for them when they were just starting out that was like the band to be okay there was an article that came out last month on nme that says the strokes julian casablanca says i always wanted to be in the arctic monkeys and then really? he recreated the cover image for uh for their debut album yeah here oh that's amazing well this is like a much better version of it's like a happy version of the black keys and the white stripes where they actually don't mind that you know one band influence the other which happens all the time like what's the big deal although yeah Arctic monkeys like want their own path obviously the in 2002 the white stripes and the strokes were headlining the same tour apparently or like a festival huh so yeah they are very linked that is cool i did not that would have been an amazing Ooh, and Jack White joined the Strokes on stage to perform the guitar solo on New York City Cops. Oh my god. Is This It yielded several singles and music videos, all of which were directed by Roman Coppola. Who the hell's Roman Coppola? Son of Francis Ford Coppola, maybe? Yeah. I thought, I thought he had a famous daughter. Oh, Sophia Coppola's his sister. Okay. Yeah. So they got the less talented Coppola child yeah although i think roman coppola does a lot of music videos right how does he um oh, he's older than i thought he was yeah i mean in addition to like arctic monkeys i think a lot of other bands from this time were heavily influenced like franz ferdinand um I guess they say like Kings of Leon, maybe. No, don't, 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 don't slander. <laughs> hey, look. Strokes. People liked Kings of Leon, man. Don't deny it. I'm not going to deny it, but they shouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, what, I mean, there are probably a lot of other bands too, right? From this time. Like Jet. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jet was like. They were there for a second, like and then a they flamed off, out. Pretty much, they were ripoff strokes, probably. But all right, let's give Jet their their due because they're not going to get their own episode on our podcast, probably. Yeah, they were they were a good band. I liked them a lot. They had uh, "Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is." That was a good song. And that's all we have to say about Jet. I think. <laughs> oh, are you going to be my girl? Roll over, DJ. Both good songs. Oh, right. Okay, so they have a few. I forgot about that. Cold Hard Bitch. But that's it, right? I mean... Yeah, that's I, it. I only know two of those songs. Oh, really? I didn't know that DJ one. 
hey, roll over, DJ. Oh yeah, it's not very good now that I'm singing it out loud. <laughs> so now, so now we're done with 2001. The Strokes have formed. They are a big success, and Julian Casablancas recently in an interview, like maybe a couple of years ago, he said that his drinking affected how he looks at the Strokes' early years. And this is a quote from a Rolling Stone article with him. And one other thing about Julian Casablancas is that he does not give a lot of interviews, so it's difficult to really figure out what this guy thinks about. He's sort of the opposite of Jack White in terms of media personality. Jack White mm-hmm. just won't shut up, and mm-hmm. you know, always know what he's thinking, but you don't really know what Julian Casablancas is thinking very much. Right, right. But in terms of his drinking, he said, people look at that time and say, you made a splash, you made it, everyone loved you. I was also drinking a lot, so it really took away the enjoyment. I really regret that. Like, I should do PSAs. I wish I could remember it better. It was all a vague, hazy memory. Interesting. I mean, just to be clear, like, I don't know what, they were like 20? Like, they were very young, so. um, He's only 40-something now. Yeah. So, okay, 1978. So, in 2001, he was like 23. Yeah. Um, kind of makes sense. That would be like crazy to be a like famous rock star when you're 23. I think he's the same age that... Uh... Oh my God, I'm blanking on the band's name. But there was a, a band whose lead singer was in his 40s and they were big for a few years recently. LCD sound system. <laughs> um, no, I'll, I'll think of it. The guy, the guy's name is in the band. Foster the people, Mark Foster. Oh, he's in his forties. He was when he started. He's probably older now. Wait, really? Yeah. Holy cow. He's... No, that's bullshit. Wait. He's 37. Oh, <laughs> damn it. He was like in his 20s. Oh, wow. This whole time I thought he was in his 40s. That would have been really He's weird. He's 37 now. That would have been really weird. Ah, <laughs> uh, crap. Are you thinking of another well, person or do you just make the story up? I, I think I was probably thinking of another person. Uh, all right. Maybe so... the guy in fun? No, never mind. I'm going to stop going down this rabbit hole. Second album. Second album. Room on Fire. Is this your favorite? No. What? You're never going to guess what my favorite is until we get there, I think. That makes no sense. This is clearly... If there was a second... If there was another choice for best album, it would be this one. In my opinion. This is a great album. The track list is Whatever Happened, Reptilia, Automatic Stop, 1251, You Talk Way Too Much, Between Love and Hate, Meet Me in the Bathroom, Under Control, The Way It Is, The End Has No End, and I Can't Win. Yeah. So again, I think all these songs are really good, but I think you have to work for it a little bit more. I mean, I think the first four are like incredible. 
um, whatever happened, Reptilia automatic stop in 1251. Uh, but then the rest are really good too. The end has no end is great. Um, Reptilia, probably my first introduction to the strokes. I'm guessing maybe yours also. I think Jukebox might have been my first. Jukebox? So, Jukebox. From third, the third album. album. Yeah. This was mine for me from Guitar Hero 3. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a fun one. Uh, I'm Okay, so... Yeah, I don't know. What, what are you... What are your thoughts on this album? If it's not your um, favorite or... Maybe it's your second favorite, I don't know, but... It's a pretty good album. It's pretty good. You own it on vinyl. It is one of my favorites. Reptilia is a really, really good song. Yeah. Automatic Stop. 1251, whatever happened. 1251 is a really good song, too. I mean, they're all really good songs. There's not really bad songs on this. They do have albums that have bad songs. This is not one yeah. of them. Yeah. Um... They toured on the Room on Fire tour with Kings of Leon and Regina Spector. Interesting. That reminds me, have you ever listened to the Strokes and Regina Spector song? Oh my god, yeah, I did. What's Modern, it called? What is it called? Modern Girls and something gentlemen. Good old fashioned something. Old men, yeah, old fashioned men. Pretty good song. I mean, it's it's decent for like a kind of duet thing. When did it come out? Probably around this time of this album. Uh, didn't he also potentially date her or something? That seems like or a, is that a Casablanca thing. Oh, it was the B-side on Reptilia. B-side. Nice. Okay, got it. I feel... They, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they did date... Right. So I'm just reading about his personal life. Going back to what you said, you said he was hungover for five years. <laughs> like every day. That, I mean, yeah. The release of the single was delayed slightly after Casablanca's objected to the song being credited as The Strokes and Regina Spector, claiming that it should be read Regina Spector and The Strokes. That is someone who is clearly dating Regina Spector. Oh, totally. <laughs> A hundred percent. I didn't know that. That's funny. Um, but another article that I had pulled up actually about the voids later on, it has something about early strokes that's related to what we talked to. Part of the strokes early mystique came from the perceived glamour of the Manhattan private school background. And then they also talk about Sam Adequai. <laughs> and uh, so I, we have multiple sources confirming that Sam Adequai and Julian Casablancas were stepfather and stepson. So one of these, I think we've touched on this multiple times, but like how dumb Pitchfork is. <laughs> <laughs> they originally rated this album at 8.0 and then this year they changed their score. <laughs> oh my God. To Seriously? a 9.2. <laughs> Well, you know uh, what? I guess it's fine. It's better. Yeah, they said Pitchfork. Okay, so Pitchfork said they would change if they could. 
upgrading its, which they did, upgrading its score from an 8.0 to a 9.2. And they praised the album as different, better album with major improvements over its predecessor. And they scored it 0.1 point (laughs) higher than the, the first album. So clear, it's a major improvement, point one. If there's any through line to the modern era of our podcast, I feel like early on it used to be how we would always mention Into the Spider-Verse. And (laughs) by mentioning that just now, I brought that back. But I feel like the through line of our modern era has been that Pitchfork sucks. It really does. Uh, I don't know. Do you even like look at, do you like follow any of those anymore? No, I mean, if I'm gonna, that's not really how I describe I don't think that's how a lot of people discover music these days because it's more yeah. algorithms and yeah. whatever Spotify is recommending or your friends are recommending. But music criticism doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me anyways because yeah. if you're, you can just, it's not a big time investment usually. It's like an hour or so to listen to an album. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to listen to the whole album. It's like three minutes to decide for yourself if you like a song or not. Yeah. Might as well just listen to it. I agree. Um, it's... Yeah, so much of it's stupid and just posturing. I think I only use it if I'm like, if there's a, a really big artist who I want to get into and I'm trying to figure out which album should I look at first. I'll just go on, literally, I'll just go on Wikipedia and see like what I like that. Or I'll just like look up, just Google best albums by whoever. So. Yeah. Eh, it's a Honestly, it's a dying industry, which is probably why Pitchfork is so ridiculous because they have to be. Music or music music criticism? Criticism. Music criticism. Yeah. Especially when you have high quality podcasts like ours, you know, taking what pitch what used to be the realm of pitchfork. Yeah. We give the people what they really want. Which is into the Um, spider verse. Yeah. Uh first impressions of Earth. Was there anything else you wanted to say about Room on Fire? Nope. Okay, first impressions of Earth was their third album jukebox was the single and it was leaked in september 2005 forcing the album to come out earlier than they wanted interesting jukebox was the single that's uh kind of surprising it's the first single heart in the cage was uh the second single and then you only live once was the third single all right so what's your favorite song from this album this is a this is a really good album too Mm -hmm. i like razor blade i like on the other side i like heart in a cage i like juice box i like you only live once Mm -hmm. i like fear of sleep Mm -hmm. eyes of the world and electricity scape and ask me anything. <laughs> They're all good. So I guess the the few that I haven't like listened to as heavily are Red Light, Evening Sun, and maybe Vision of Division. Red Light's really good. It's underrated. It's one of my. It's. It's actually one of my. I don't know. It's one of my favorite, less popular songs by them. Julian Casablancas played drums on Evening Sun. That's why it's so good. It's just a drunken rage on the drum skins. 
Uh, I mean, oh, go ahead. No, no. What What's your favorite uh, song on this? I mean, for me, it has to be "You Only Live Once." Like, great song. Uh, I think it's one of their best songs. And fun fact about the song, according to Wikipedia, which we all know is reliable. For You Only Live Once, the Strokes of MySpace page asked all users to put the song in their profile in an attempt to spread the single among the online community. Wow. I, just, I just like talking about MySpace anytime we can, which is, I think this is the first time. Wait, you know what would be a great episode is MySpace and Facebook. That actually would be great. You know, one of our friends from college saved like screenshots or something he somehow saved maybe like printed the page of his my myspace before he shut it down so he would always be able to archive it but um i do wish you could like wouldn't it be great if like just one day if myspace is like one day only you can access what your myspace page looked like from 20 years ago i think they lost all the data I think I remember reading that a few years ago that there was like a big data breach or oh, loss wow. or something. Um, this album was not well received, both commercially and critically. First impressions of the earth. I wonder what Pitchfork gave it. <laughs> Have they revised it? I so my one criticism, I guess, is, and this may have been similar but the first three seem very similar right and they didn't really diverge in their style too much yes, yes. whereas like arctic monkeys are like i mean they're like the extreme right but they like change so much from album to album um and it's a weird criticism because most fans are like most fans get mad when when bands like take a different direction yeah. Um, so it's kind of weird well, you that have to... the third one is still similar, but less popular. I think I I think that... Oh, well, first of all, Pitchfork gave it a 5.9. Ooh. Um, I think that people get mad when bands don't iterate because... I don't know. An album takes time to make. It takes time to release. Like, you're not coming out with these every every year like a tv show or something you don't want just the same thing yeah constantly and it's sort of a sign that either there's not a lot of creative juices left in something yeah or i don't know i guess like the beatles had a very similar sound for a lot of their albums but they even they did change yeah they definitely changed and okay, the strokes did change as well, but not at this point. At this no. point, they're still young, like twenty or something year olds, making, you know, good rock music. But I can see how someone might think that this album was less inspired than their first album. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think after this, they, well, after this, they took a long break. But I think this was kind of like a, the end of the first era, to me. You know. Hmm. Probably to everybody. Makes sense. After its release, the band members spent the next several years pursuing side projects. Oh, they all did. 
that would be interesting. Could you imagine your life just being like, I'm gonna <laughs> for the for five years just doing side projects like uh like could, al- alternative totally medicine? <laughs> I I would not do that, but I could totally imagine doing something else for a few years and then coming back to being a doctor. That would be fun. I I knew about Casablanca's like I knew that he did a solo album, which I actually did listen to at the time. Mm-hmm. I knew about Hammond. Yeah. I didn't know that Freycher did as well under the name Nikolai. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll get to this, but of the solo, of the members who've done solo stuff, the two you mentioned, Julian Casablancas and Albert Hammond, are the two biggest, right? Yeah. Did you listen to his uh, Julian Casablanca's solo album? You know, I actually never did. It's oh. interesting. He himself does doesn't like it. Really? Yeah. The album is called "Phrases for the Young" with phrases spelled with a Z. <laughs> Released in November two thousand nine. The album title is a reference to Oscar Wilde's "Phrases and Philosophies for the Use of the Young." And okay. the album covers a picture of him and his dog, Balky. Balky? Balky. Oh, Balky. So this is after First Impressions of Earth, right? Yeah. The only thing I remember is 11th Dimension. 11th Dimension, yeah. That's the most popular song. It's a, it's an interesting song. It sort of heralds some of the future directions of the strokes. It's more electronic-y. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a very more electronic style of music, right? Yeah. In so he, what, he didn't like this, though, in retrospect? No, he, yeah, in retrospect. He said, that was so dumb and not me. I cater to things that I think are very unhealthy, and that's thinking what other people would like mixed with experimental thoughts. I think I was too concerned because I was coming from the strokes about perception. I realized uh-huh. that's not the way to approach it. Seems like an interesting guy. I'd like to, you know, or he's at least open in uh, his whatever, like things he wish he did differently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a deluxe edition of this that has the song "I Wish It Was Christmas Today," which was based on the Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live song from the sketches with Jimmy Fallon and uh, uh, Horatio Sands. Mm-hmm. You know the one? I think so. I think I remember that. Horatio Sands, that's a guy I haven't thought about in a long time. I've, I've heard the Julian Casablanca's version of that, but I totally forgot about it until just now. Uh, yeah. I, I think I've heard that song too. Wait, but you're saying this was based on the skit? Yeah, like they did. Um, it's essentially a cover of their version of it. Oh, nice. Because it's a Saturday Night Live song, and then he just covered it. So that's clearly one of the highlights of his solo career. I mean, the two songs that I like of his solo career are that and 11th Dimension. Yeah. 
so what happened after his solo stuff? He just did that one solo song. Although he did in 2008, before this album, he had a song that I think you've heard. What is it? It was a collaboration. Collaboration. With Pharrell and Centigold. Oh. Okay, it sounds vaguely converse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The song was My Drive Through. Was it called My Drive Through? Yeah. Man. Okay. I don't remember what it sounds like. It wasn't good, was it? It was alright. It was yeah. it was too It was like corporate kind of Yeah, crap. too corporate. But that reminds me he, he does not see the Strokes legacy on fashion as anything very important. He says, I don't see that in any mega positive way. Like are more white people wearing Converse? Good, mission accomplished. <laughs> Wait, what? That's I think that's crazy. I don't know. What? Well, I don't know. Their influence on fashion? Wouldn't it just be like wearing like a lot of black or I guess. Like a leather jacket or something? He was also featured on the debut album of The Lonely Island, Incredibad, mm -hmm. during his solo phase. He Wait, recorded the song Boombox. Oh, I remember that. That was a good one. Man, he was actually on a lot of songs that I liked during this time period because he uh, was on... Did you ever listen to Danger Mouse and Sparkle Horse, the album Dark Knight of the Soul, which was the last thing that Sparkle Horse released before I think he died? No. It's a pretty good song. It's called Little Girl. Oh, yes, I have heard that. Um... Damn. Wow, you're like bringing me back to these memories I completely forgot I had. I know, right? I totally I forgot about them too. Time. But they were all really good. Yeah. They were all better than his solo album. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but then after... Oh, do you want to talk about Albert Hammond Jr. actually? Because I guess he sort of started doing his own stuff during this time too. Yeah. 2008. Oh, 2006 is actually when his debut album was. Wait, I thought it was after that. No, debut solo album was Yours to Keep in 2006. Really? Yeah. I full. I definitely don't listen to him, I think, probably as much as you or some of our listeners have. But I've heard a few songs here and there. Yeah, I, I haven't listened to him too much either. Second album was Como Te Yama in 2008. Third album was in 2013, AHJ. So I actually saw, I saw him perform live for that uh, AHJ, um, and I wrote an article about it for our college radio website. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I gave a scathing review, and then years later, I was like, I was a dick. Like, I had no business, like trashing a professional singer or like musician who's actually accomplished something and I haven't done anything with my life. You pulled a real pitchfork there. 
I totally did. I felt disgusted with myself afterwards. <laughs> um, we're we're in like 2013-ish now. Okay. 2013. So we've skipped, we skipped ahead a little. Oh, right. I guess strokes. there's 2011 was the strokes. Yeah. Okay, so 2011, what happened? All right. So after a five-year hiatus, um, the strokes released their fourth album, Angles. Which uh, which was really different from the other ones, and yes, this is I don't know why, but like this is kind of this is probably like right after I got into the Strokes, so I was still like high on really enjoying their first few albums, and actually really like I like this album. At least some of the songs I think are pretty good. Even though I think it was pretty much panned by critics. Um, I think there's some solid stuff on here. Um, Machu Picchu. Really good song. I like that song a lot. Undercover of Darkness, I think was... People said it sounded a lot like kind of vintage strokes. Um, it's also a good song. Um... Some of the other ones, not not as good, I'll be honest. I'm looking at an article right now because I vaguely remembered something about how this album was recorded. And I think yeah. that they did it separately. I think they recorded stuff separately and then yes. they, would, they mixed it all together. Kind of like what we do, sort of. <laughs> but they, so wait, because, okay, this was 10 years ago. So they were just like, okay, they're just playing by themselves. And then they would, a producer would put it all together or an engineer. Or were they like doing like, uh, I mean, I don't even think there was like video call back then, but. It's, it's, the stories are conflicting because Julian Casablanca says that that's not how it was recorded. In 2011, there's a lot of articles with like Nick Valencia saying that recording the new album was an awful experience and they were all separate and stuff. They, I, these guys really didn't like each other before. <laughs> like, I think you know, this was like, like the low point should... in their yeah. band chemistry. I mean, they must have made up because they, they're still together and they're still putting out good albums. Yeah. It seems like it's better. Um, apparently Albert Hammond had drug abuse problems at this time. Oh. I think Casablancas was sober at this point. Um, but seemed generally unpleasant to be around mm. in spite of that fact. Um, yeah, Pitchfork gave this a 5.9, which I think is the same as the previous one. Taken for a Fool was on this album? Yeah. I in I don't I can't remember at all what that what that song sounds like. I I'm thinking of the Shin song Taken for a Fool. I didn't oh. know there was a stroke one also. Yeah. I don't remember what the song sounds like either. I think it's they're, good. They're, I might be confusing it. You're right. 
There are two, I think the two songs that I like on this album are Machu Picchu and Undercover of Darkness. But mm-hmm. yes, I don't, I think of the four so far, this is their worst one. Yeah, I agree. If we're including his solo album, then this is number four out of five. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I would say at best, it's like, okay. And yeah, like you said, there are two good songs on there. Their next album is Come Down Machine, which is in 2013. Right. And the band did no media promotion for the album at all. Interesting. On purpose. Yeah. Um, I've never listened to this album. <laughs> this is the one where I'm like, I just blanked. I was just wasn't I've, there. I've listened to it once. But perhaps their media, their lack of media promotion didn't really help them here. Yeah, it's weird. 2013. So I would have thought back then I still would have been interested in doing it and listening. But. And I'm surprised. Maybe, maybe all the this. negative vibes from the like all the media about angles made I people less so. interested in this. I think so. Although I'm surprised it says that the critical response was generally favorable. Hmm. Um, I want to re-listen to this. One-Way Trigger is the one I remember. Uh, One-Way Trigger? Which is the one that was supposed to be a rip-off? Is that the one? A was rip-off it? of what? Take On Me? Right? Like they... I'm not sure. Okay, one of these songs. One way trigger. <laughs> Am I just making this up completely? I'm not sure. You might be right. But okay, so 2013 was also It is it is one way trigger. I'm not <laughs> lying. Twenty thirteen I think had the highlight of the Julian Casablanca's musical output. Even yeah, okay. to this day. I agree. I, I wrote this down. I know what you're going to say, and I agree. <laughs> um, what am I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to cut you off. Well, obviously, it's... Uh, well, you were talking about how much his like appearances collaborations with other artists are better than his own solo work and that nowhere is that clearer than on the song instant crush by daft punk yeah great song uh definitely electronic he's got that weird voice effect thing that's just a great album we should we should revisit that one what I a love great that album, album and a great song. Everything yeah. about it is fantastic. It's so sad that they broke up. The Daft Punk. Daft Punk. Yeah, <laughs> I, think I said the Daft Punk. Daft Punk, man. The a the way they broke up. Yeah, that was sad. I was I was so excited that morning because they had released. There was like, oh, a new Daft Punk thing, and it's a video which is a sequence from Electroma of them blowing up and then they're like, <laughs> Daft Punk is over. 
That's actually a pretty cool way to announce it. Yeah. Come on. You know they'll be back for a live 2027. They, they didn't do a live 2017. I know. They're not going to do it. I think they're done. I think from... I read about this stuff a lot, like, after they broke up and even in the recent months. Um, and they just, like, weren't really interested in making music anymore. They I just want to live a regular life. Everything. No, they, like, both do other stuff still. Like, one of them does directing, one of them... Oh. And they, they both do a lot of producing. But I, I think they just, like, were done with Daft Punk. That's sad. Um... It's sad, but, like, they did so much. I know. But it was just so... Okay, so now this is, like, a Daft Punk episode, but that that last album was just so different from all the other ones, and it was friggin' amazing. And it's just like, wow, what else could they have done? But, yeah, they were probably thinking, you know, what else can we do also? Yeah, you're right. Is it is it better to have them end on such a high yeah or would you want them to like make stuff that they weren't inspired to make and then sort of dilute their legacy right does tron legacy fit into that speaking of legacy, i know they're gonna make a tron 3 um and i think with jared leto oh god jared leto versus julian casablancas similar vibes almost yeah but well also wasn't jared leto in a band yeah, 30 Seconds to Mars. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's that's a good point. I've never thought of it that way. Um, all right, I, I want to listen to Come Down Machine again. Your homework is listen to One Way Trigger again and then listen first listen to Take On Me by AHA. And then listen <laughs> I know to Take On Me. Okay, you don't have to listen to it. <laughs> wait there's more there's, we're not done we're only oh, like halfway okay. through the episode I was, I was done um the voids formed in like 2013 2014 yeah and i would say that the voids are at this point equally important to the julian casablanca's vibe as the strokes are right have you listened to the voids not not heavily. I know you're a big fan. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've like listened to them here and there, but never, not too much. It's interesting because when they formed, the official band name was Julian Casablanca's Plus the Voids. Right. Which is very egocentric and very Julian Casablanca's. Yeah. And I think the fact that they changed their name to The Void sort of reflects him growing up and not being everything about him anymore. Right. So for the first album, it was Julian Casablancas and The Voids? I think so, yeah. The The band is Julian Casablancas, Jeremy Beardo Gritter on guitar, Amir <laughs> Yagmai on guitar, Jacob Jake Brkovici. Br- <laughs> Where do you get that bass. nickname from? <laughs> that's a story for another day and uh alex carapetis on drums and jeff kite on keyboards it's a big band yeah it's like five six people um their debut album was called tyranny it was released in 2014 
And one of the articles I read about them described the band as everyone looks like a variation on uh, Animal from the Muppets. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, so what would you describe this music as? Like, what is it like? It, it's like angrier electronic stuff than the Strokes. Mm-hmm. I think there's room for both of them to, you know, exist on their own. I'm the, just looking at the this whole... picture of them. I can see the animal thing. <laughs> There's a lot of hair. I think their first album was not honestly that great. Okay. But the song Human Sadness is a really good song. And if you have to pick one thing to listen to from that album, it would be Human Sadness. Where No okay. Eagles Fly is okay. But it's not like their best thing. Okay. I listened to the next album, Virtue, a lot, but that's in Mm -hmm. 2018. So if we're going through it chronologically, we can jump back to the strokes, I think. I don't think so. Oh, really? Oh, wait. You're right. Oh, kind of. What what were they doing at this time in 2014? 2014. Uh, I don't know. Were they touring still for their last album? Well, no, because Julian Casablancas was doing this, so nothing. Yeah. Oh, I guess. So did they not do anything from... There was an EP, which I didn't even know about, called Future, Present, Past. Oh, I inspired do remember by X-Men. that. Um, and <laughs> really? <laughs> I, no, I, don't, I don't know, but it just reminded me of it. Uh, I, did, I totally did not, I did not know this came out. Um, but it sounds like it's kind of like a concept EP. One song refers to the future, one is the present, and one is the past. Some real groundbreaking stuff there. Was it really based on (laughs) X-Men? I just totally made that up. But I think that's when Days of Future (laughs) Past came out. (laughs) Right? No, it came out, um... Oh, shit, 2014. Yeah. I really, I really believed you. Damn. This is this is only their second EP, and their first one was their uh, first you know, one. Their, their first thing, the Modern Age. Wow. Yeah, okay. I want to listen. I did. To this. Have you ever? Listened I did to listen it? to this. Yeah, Oblivious is a song on it, and there's a section of Oblivious that actually I have to play because. Um, it Play sounds like something. Spotify. Now. It sounds like uh, Steve Miller band. Right? No, not not that. Oh. I'm going to jump ahead. This part. It sounds like something. And I'm curious if you're going to pick up the same thing. This. Oh, yeah, Daft Punk, right? Yeah. Uh, I figure what the song's called. The weird name one. From uh, Discovery. Um, it's Aerodynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Which 
itself is probably like from classical music or something, right? Yeah. Probably. Interesting. But yeah, it's uh it when I listened to this I was like, wait, this is sampling aerodynamic, but it's not officially sampling aerodynamic. Oh. I guess like it's it's okay because they're obviously collaborators and stuff, and you know I don't think Daft Punk's legacy is defined by a single on a random EP from The Strokes, but I just found Whoa. that interesting. Hold on, hold on. I think we're onto something. I just looked up Aerodynamic Wikipedia page. Uh huh. All right, first line here. Guy Manuel de Hom Cristo once described the Discovery album as, quote, a mix between the past and the future, maybe the present. Oh my god. They totally ripped it off. And they ripped off the name from this <laughs> quote. Nice. Uh, I think it's just arpeggios, though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, okay, so then that is, what year is that? 2016, right? 2016. Okay, 2018 is when the second Voids album comes out. Okay. This is the one you like, right? Yeah, this is Virtue. This is the second best... No, that's discounting... The early strokes. This is a really good album. <laughs> mm. Almost, I feel like almost all the songs on this are really good, but Leave It In My Dreams, Curious, and <laughs> Cool As A Ghoul, which is a Japanese bonus track. Why really does Japan always get bonus tracks? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but they're really solid songs, and if you're a fan of the strokes and you haven't listened to them you should check out this album i definitely will i was okay i didn't know that's how you pronounce that curious i actually don't know but that's how i say it that makes sense q-y-u-r-r-y-u-s it sounds very indian indian yeah i initially thought he was speaking another language during that song Oh. But it's just him sort of being weird. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a theme with him, I guess. Yeah. And then now I think we jump back to the strokes. Yes. Uh, So their most recent album, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The New Abnormal. Uh... I actually really like this album. This is my favorite Strokes album. What? Um, I told you you weren't going to guess it. Uh, well, it is really good. Um, I'm surprised that's your favorite. Yeah. So, all right, tell me about this album. This album is called The New Abnormal, and it was released in 2020. During uh, the peak of COVID. Maybe that's why I listened to it so much. Yeah, because it was like at obviously a weird time in life. And I just had nothing to do but listen to music and play video games and stuff. Yeah. So I got this on vinyl. And I just remember listening to this a lot. 
Yeah. The cover art is a 1981 painting called Bird on Money <laughs> by Jean Michel no, Jean Michel Basquiat. Yeah, he's fa- he's famous. Yeah. Wait, he's American? I thought he was French. I assume he was French. Um the track list is The Adults Are Talking, Selfless, Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus, Bad Decisions, Eternal Summer, At the Door, Why Are Sundays So Depressing, Not the Same Anymore, and Ode to the Mets. (laughs) And I just realized that when I say track lists, I feel like uh, Alex Trebek reading the clues at the beginning of Jeopardy. (laughs) Track list. What are your what are your thoughts on this album? I think it's really good. I I was really happy when I listened to it, and it was good (laughs) (laughs) because there was like a little dip. Uh, But I thought this was a really solid album, and I don't know, it just made me happy that like twenty years after they started, which is that's insane. That's like that's like the Rolling Stones in the eighties. Yeah, you know, like that's where they're at in their career, uh, and this is really a solid album. Absolutely, I think this is, it, it, like you said, it's really surprising that they made something that you know feels like they. It feels like they were happy making this. It feels like inspired. It feels different than their early stuff, but still mm-hmm. recognizably the Strokes. Yeah, it doesn't feel put together by committee. Yeah. It feels like something they made because they wanted to make good music, not mm-hmm. because they were like, we have to make an album now. It's been a while. Right. I feel like maybe him having the second band, The Voids, like having an outlet for his being in charge of everything yeah. made the process with the strokes better. Right. But I'm completely hypothesizing. Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus is my favorite song on this. The Adults Are Talking is a close number two. Um, my favorite is the adults are talking. I think that's a, I think it's an amazing song. I think it's really, really, really good. And it's one of those songs. It's like, you know, songs where the best part is at the end. Yeah. Uh, so great. I love this song and this song, the best parts at the end. So it's just like anticipation to that part of it. Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus is just like such a vibe, though, throughout the whole thing. It starts strong and doesn't let up. Uh, I need to re-listen to it. It was featured on MLB The Show 21. That is not where I heard it. Surprising. <laughs> um, it won a Grammy, I guess, for Best Rock Album. Side wow. note, what do you think about the Grammys? Oh, I think they're total bullshit. Isn't that, yeah, isn't that like the general impression from yeah. the music industry is that they're yeah. just sort of like you, you have to pay to pay to play sort of? Yeah, totally. I mean, there's so many, most amazing artists have never won a Grammy. Hmm. Wow, this was their first album in seven years. Oh, wow. So that was longer than their five-year hiatus earlier yeah. that we talked about <laughs> because seven is greater than five you will have to confirm that with our fact checkers before <laughs> i can publish this episode but yeah i think you might be right all right i got one last thing i'm sorry to say it again but uh pitchfork 
<laughs> this is their lowest rated album, 5.7. Can I read you some quotes? Please do. Uh, so the quote here, okay, so this is from Sam Sodomsky. It's an interesting name. The Stroke's sixth album and first in seven years mostly just feels like a hangover. It's sluggish and slight, and the strongest hooks are so familiar that they require additional writing credits for the 80s hits they copy note for note. Oh, we should talk about that. Uh, that actually, that's all I got. <laughs> I, think, I, I think what you can really get from that review is that the writer's parents don't love him and they didn't <laughs> hug him enough as a child. <laughs> And then he never met anyone who made him feel special in his life. And so he just lives a sad, loveless existence still. Yeah. I think he talks about that later in the, <laughs> in the art in the review. Uh, do you think, you think that the strokes are like an eighties vibe? Well, I mean, I think he's talking about bad decisions, right? That song has the same like melody as dancing with myself by Billy Idol. Oh, does it? Yeah, you didn't know that? They credited Billy they, Idol. Did they really? Yeah. Making bad decisions or dancing with myself. I mean, they it's literally like an homage to it. Like, they do a lot, which they, that was the point, I think. I see. I have never listened to that Billy Idol song, so that's probably why I didn't make that connection. Oh, man, it's a great song. Uh, what else you got? Lou Reed. Casablanca says that mm -hmm. Lou Reed was a major influence on his style. And he was uh, really sad when R Lou Reed died. Yeah. I feel like his whole... By his style, does he mean like his entire life? Because <laughs> like... That, I totally see that influence. Like how he behaves and like... Just like the monotone stuff. Uh, it makes sense. And they're both he really that. likes he really likes the Mets. I didn't really take him for a sports fan. He wrote the song Ode to the Mets. I, I thought it was ironic. No, apparently he's a really big uh, Mets fan. So he's a Mets fan and a Jets fan, which which is the I mean it's the double whammy. You're picking the worst team both times. <laughs> Makes no sense. Is he actually a Mets fan, I wonder? Let's see if there's any pictures of him at a baseball game. Julian Casablancas threw out the Mets' first pitch on July 27th. Oh! Oh, wow, look at the picture of him. He's wearing, like, suspenders. He looks like a... He looks like Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, he doesn't really have much of a chin, does he? <laughs> And when he was throwing out the pitch, they introduced him as the former lead singer of the Strokes, and people thought that meant that the Strokes had broken up. Yeah, why did they say former lead singer? I don't know. Oh, that was this year. Yeah. All right, let's see how bad. Let's see how bad this first pitch was. Not bad. He took it from the mound. He's wearing a Daryl Strawberry jersey. And. Uh, you know, it was a bit outside, but uh, at least he got the distance. Oh my god! So that that got me back into a, a like what he's been doing recently, and mm -hmm. 
we missed some stuff from The Voids. In 2019, The Voids collaborated with Mac DeMarco on two songs called Did My Best and The Eternal Tau. Oh. Then December 2020, they released uh, a single called Alien Crime Lord, which I have listened to and it's okay. But it, it was in promotion of a heist update from Grand Theft Auto Online. Really? Yeah. But April 1st, 2021... They released an extended version of the Eternal Tau called the Eternal Tau 2.0 in collaboration with the New York Mets. <laughs> and I'm Crazy. curious how they collaborated with the New York Mets on that. Wait, including uh, Mac DeMarco? Or just the Voids? The Voids. Oh, okay. Um, it's an extended version. Oh, no. It was also produced by Mac DeMarco. You're right. You listen to Mac DeMarco? A little bit. Here and there. You? Uh, I used to listen a lot, and I haven't lately, but it could be an interesting episode, but maybe not. I'm curious how, when it says this was released in collaboration with the Mets, maybe that was just a thing that someone added to Wikipedia as a joke, because I see that mentioned nowhere else. Wait, which song? The one you just mentioned? The Void song? Yeah, the the Eternal Tau 2.0. That, what does that have to do with the Mets? The Eternal Tau 2.0. Oh, no. Wait, I just Googled it with Mets. It was featured in a... He wrote it for a Mets promo. Like, he released the new version specifically for oh. the Mets. So this song is a sequel to the first song? I guess so. I think it's just an extended version of the first song. Oh. Interesting. Hmm. Well, I think we've come to the end of the musical output so far of Julian Casablanca's The Voids and Daft Punk. Yeah. And so my question to you, co-host Tom, is if you had to pick two strokes slash Julian Casablanca's slash Void slash Daft Punk songs to combine into one mega song, or two albums to combine into one mega album, what would they be? Hmm. Well, I'm glad I get to go first on this one. Uh, I'm going to pick... I'm going to go with Someday, the first, and uh, Instant Crush. By <sighs> <Punk>. <laughs> See, I'm glad I got to go first. That's, that was a good one. Albums, that's go. hard. Yeah, albums is hard. What are all the Stroke songs? <laughs> There's a lot. Okay, I'm going to go Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus and mm-hmm. maybe You Only Live Once. Good choice. If you had to pick one Strokes album combined <laughs> with a type of Stroke. Oh, that's a great pick? question. I would go The New Abnormal and Hemorrhagic Stroke. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Uh, I don't know a lot about strokes. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Is This It? And what is it? <laughs> Ischemic? Ischemic. Ischemic. Yeah. The other type of stroke. <laughs> that's interesting. I thought you were going to go with cryptogenic. I know, I know, but that's not a real type. It just means you don't know, right? I think it is a real type. 
I don't know. I'm not a neurologist. <laughs> Anyways, the Strokes are a good band. They are. And uh, Strokes, not so good. Um, any last thoughts? Uh, not really. Great band. Um, big influence on music and fashion. <laughs> apparently. My last thoughts are... I'm glad that we brought back the Spider-Verse references to this episode. I'm glad too. I think it's been like a year. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.